0: Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor, Joe Kerr, with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as
1: believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View from the Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs here with Joe Kerr, and we are talking today with Jeff Kinley. I'm excited to be with him today because he is an author, teacher, and speaker who is well-respected in the areas of Bible prophecy and apologetics, two of my favorite fields of study, and he has authored over 30 books and speaks around the world on these topics. His ministry equips churches to discern the times, and Jeff's weekly Vintage Truth podcast are heard in 38 countries. He and his wife live in the Ozarks and have three grown children welcome to a view from the wall jeff
2: feeling great to be with you guys today
1: well, we're excited to welcome you to A View from the Wall, and we have a lot to cover today, so we're going to dive right in. You open the first chapter of your latest book, Uncovering the Secrets of Bible Prophecy, with the following question, Why Study Bible Prophecy? Now, I know our listeners already care about Bible prophecy. They're already convinced, but if somebody on the street asks, why should we study Bible prophecy, give us your short answer that you put in your book as far as the case for doing this.
2: Yeah, I think there's several compelling reasons why we should study Bible prophecy. The first being the fact that that Scripture is 28% prophecy, uh, prophetic when it was written. I think that uh, people who are... um who are disciples of Jesus Christ want to be learners, always learning in the Scripture. And of course, prophecy is sort of one of those untouched areas in the church today. I think another reason is because there are a lot of false teachers out there in the Christian community today, uh, disseminating a lot of misinformation, a lot of manipulation. Of course, Paul had that back in the first century as well. Uh, and I think the final reason for me is that we are living in the last days. So. Why not explore the scriptures that God wrote specifically for the times in which we're living?
3: That is so good. And 2 Timothy 3.16 talks about all scriptures inspired by God, profitable for teaching, correcting, training, and righteousness. It's obviously all essential in developing a strong Christian character and keeping our walk with Christ on track. How does Bible prophecy in that whole list of things how do we focus on Bible prophecy? How do we keep that in perspective? What role does it play in comparison to all of the other themes in the Bible?
2: Yeah, well, I think the role of prophecy has a very, very specific, very important role in our lives. I mean, first of all, we learn from prophecy the foretelling of the future. I mean, we know what's going to happen. That's You know, David said, I, I have more wisdom than all my teachers, and Christians really have more wisdom than everyone in the rest of the world if they pay attention to what Scripture has. I think... The role of prophecy does that for us. It also warns us of what's going to come, not only uh, in the in the church age, but also beyond that in the tribulation age as well. And it motivates us. I mean, prophecy is one of the greatest motivators (laughs) in all of Scripture because it teaches us to have an urgent lifestyle, uh, but it also comforts us. So, I mean, there's this dual, you know, kind of uh, effect that prophecy has on us and you know, God could have ended the Bible any way that he wanted to, but he ended it with an entire book on prophecy. And so for Christians, for his children to know what's going to happen in the future, uh, God must have thought that was very important because he crescendoed the entire revelation of scripture with Bible prophecy. So it really does fit into that that Second Timothy 3.16 because it equips us, it trains us in righteousness, it motivates us, and really is a part of the whole council of
1: Scripture. And as you said, about 28% of the Bible is prophecy-related, so to leave that out would be to leave a large portion of the Bible untouched. So we want to make sure to call attention to that, but also to interpret it properly. And I know you invest a lot of time in describing what prophecy is, but also what Bible prophecy is not, the mistakes people make, Uh, the issues in discernment, and trying to misread the signs of the times. I mean, what are some of these warning signs that you give people in your book that can help us out in making sure we not only consider Bible prophecy important, but that we interpret it accurately?
2: Yeah, well, I have a lot to talk about that in the book in terms of uh, how to spot counterfeit truth, how to not misread the signs. And I think there are huge mistakes that a lot of people make with Bible prophecy in that we tend to sort of go rogue, you know, in this area of, of right. eschatology, and and there's a lot of sensationalism that's out there. There's a lot of people that are speculating way beyond uh, what Scripture says. Uh, there's a lot of mis- misinterpretation that I think is really based in a in a poor hermeneutic or a poor way to interpret the Scripture. And as a result, I think people misapply a prophecy in their lives. But I think it's very important for us today because there are those false prophets. There's that 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 scriptural fake news, if you will, that's out there. And I think even more so in the context of really, guys, where the church is today, because I believe the church is in an incredibly uh, state of naivety and really ignorance. I mean, with with only you know 19 percent of churchgoers reading their Bible on a daily basis, according to George Barn, another 20 percent never read their Bibles at all. There's this huge lack of discernment, and because of that, as Paul said in Ephesians 4, we're easily misled, easily tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. And so uh, with that faulty teaching, I, I believe becomes a, a the result is a faulty belief system and really faulty living as well. So I think it's very important that we take a very serious look at Bible prophecy and not just say, well, you know, here are the generalities of it. But no, God has said some specific things, and we need to pay attention to that and do our due diligence uh, to interpreting that for the people of God.
3: That really balances that message, because we need, in prophecy, you address very well what not to do how to avoid those pitfalls of falling for whatever phase of the moon we're in or whatever current event happens to come out this week who's the antichrist when's the you know rapture going to happen uh, that comes out on a daily basis somewhere so I'm glad that you built that balance into it of the positive side of what bible prophecy does for us talk about that for just a second not just how to avoid the pitfalls but where do we get the specific details on how to balance it right.
2: Right. Well, in the book Uncovering the Secrets of Bible Prophecy, what I do is give the reader really 15 what I call prophecy perks, you know, because people want to know what's in it for me. I mean, one of the problems people have with prophecy is that they don't know how it really impacts their life. It's just sort of information. But really, as you look through the whole of scripture, you find out that prophecy helps us not only understand the times in which we live, but it also gives us confidence and courage in the present to be able to face these times. I mean, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that these words are meant to comfort you and to give you that sort of confidence. So I think it does that, but I also think it strengthens our confidence in God's Word. I mean, as we look at just how faithful and how accurate Scripture has been in the past, we see that, you know, it's it's like a, a, a baseball batter batting a thousand. I mean, God's Word has never struck out. It's never hit a foul ball. Every hit is a home run. And so it really strengthens our confidence in the Word in a day when the Bible is being attacked by culture and by some of those uh, even within the church. Um, you know, again, I think prophecy keeps us centered in, a do- in an age of doctrinal uh, error. Uh, it blesses us. It helps us to be urgent uh, about our mission in life. And I think also it really purifies us. It gives us a sense of, of priority and a purification to see what is our path? How should I prepare myself for the return of Jesus Christ? Prophecy does all those things, and I list all the scriptures on how prophecy does that for
1: us. I'm excited especially about Chapter 8 in your book, this idea of prophecy apologetics. And for those who are listening with us at A View from the Law, I know you'll be interested in this as well. So stay with us. We'll be right back in just a moment. From
0: I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. Can apparent contradictions in Scripture be resolved? Yes. Here's two examples. 1 Samuel 14 notes that Absalom had three sons, but 2 Samuel 18 notes that he did not have any sons to continue his lineage. Is this an error? No. Absalom did have three sons, but they all died very young. Number 2. The Gospels note that Jesus was crucified at two different times, the third hour and the sixth hour. But that's because two different systems of keeping time, Roman and Hebrew, were referenced. There are apparent contradictions in Scripture. However, all can be resolved with a little research. I encourage you to take advantage of free I Am A Watchman resources so you can grow in knowledge and confidence in the Word of God. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. I am Iamawatchman.com
1: Hello, we're back at a view from the wall. This is Dylan along with Joe Kerr. We've been talking with Jeff Kinley about his latest book, Uncovering the Secrets of Bible Prophecy. This is a fascinating book, and I was just looking at it again today. And one thing I love is chapter 8. It talks about this idea of prophecy apologetics. Now, we've heard these terms used separately this idea of talking about the future with prophecy and apologetics, this idea of defending the faith, but this is kind of a rare idea of blending it together. Talk with us, Jeff, for a moment about this idea of what is prophecy apologetics. Why is it important?
2: Well, first of all, I think apologetics is very necessary in the church today for believers to be equipped and really how to as Jude put it, to contend for the faith. I mean, there is a there's a lot of attacks against our faith today, really on every level. So I think it's very important that we be schooled and equipped in apologetics. Now, I came up with this idea, or I'm sure I didn't come up with it, but but it kind of dawned on me that that prophecy really is a an effective apologetic today for people who are willing to look at the scriptures honestly. And basically, what what it is is that you know, and we look at the past scriptures that have been fulfilled. And the prophecies regarding Jesus' first coming, we find out that every single one of them was fulfilled literally and exactly the way Scripture predicted them. And then we have now the predictions and the prophecies concerning His second coming. And so when we make a correlation and say, well, you know, if God's Word is batting a thousand here, then there's no evidence to indicate that it won't be true in the future as well. So I think that this, this prophecy here that we have concerning the second coming of Christ and all the other second coming uh, miracles and prophecies, they're convincing evidences of not only the reliability of the Bible, but also the reality of Jesus' return. You know, we live in an age, guys, where people want proof. You know, they want to be shown proof. And I think this is one of God's convincing proofs. I mean, God is not currently parting the Red Sea or calling down fire from heaven, that type of thing. Jesus is not walking the earth You know, healing the sick and raising the dead, and you know, feeding the five thousand. But we do have the word of God, and I think that's one of God's most convincing apologetics because we can actually see prophecies unfolding and coming into focus right now, just as Scripture said they would. I list many of them uh, there in that chapter.
3: You make the statement in a later chapter about that, and apply that point of prophecy apologetics when you say many christians do not know why they believe what they believe now we have plenty of good churches a lot of christians are informed many christians do read the word and they know what's in there but you don't say they don't know the facts or even that they don't believe the facts you make the point they don't know why they believe what they believe talk about that
2: yeah I think the church, on the whole, we've done a good job with the basics. I mean, we've told the stories of Scripture. We've kind of given people some practical helps on how to handle the, you know, the hurts and hassles of their life and get through their problems. But, you know, most Christians know enough, just enough to be dangerous, especially when it comes to Bible prophecy, because most Christians today, according to statistics, are attending church roughly two times a month. As I said earlier, they're not really reading the Bibles as much as they should, and so as a result, they're not equipped to really defend the whys of their faith because the world challenges that. Why is Jesus the Son of God? Why is the Bible true? Why do you believe he's coming back again? And so when we're living in a world that's predisposed, uh, in a post-Christian environment at least, to reject Christ, reject Christianity, and this divisive culture that we live in where you know all Christians are sort of lumped into this one little camp over here and we're we're hateful, bigoted, homophobic you know, repressive bigots, then we have to do our homework and we have to tell people why the faith is true. And I think that's one of the things that prophecy helps us understand is prophecy unveils some of the whys of our faith and helps us see that we can effectively defend our faith in a world that is becoming, quite honestly, gentlemen, increasingly hostile. And so we have to, with love, but also with truth, present the facts as God presents them. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's one of these things where the church today, I think we're struggling just to survive in a lot of churches, and so we tend to kind of reach out and sort of a desperation act just to keep people coming in the doors. But, you know, Jesus himself uh, lost a lot of disciples when he told them the truth, and I think we need to trust our our people to the sovereignty of God and for us to simply be faithful to God uh, in reaching out and telling people what God's Word says.
1: Well, I like that you mentioned this idea that we know just enough to be dangerous when it comes to Bible prophecy or Bible theology in general. Uh, You talk a lot in your book about some of the Barna research coming out now, Uh, this fact that I read recently from last year's study on Generation Z from the Barna Institute that noted that only 4% of today's teenagers have a biblical worldview, and I understand that a lot of teenagers are still finding out what they believe, but 4% is the lowest of any generation that has been studied. Uh, we look at this, and it can be really discouraging. I mean, how did churches uh, appear to miss an entire generation when it comes to passing on biblical truth, uh, particularly in the area of Bible prophecy?
2: Well, I think one big way, and, and part of those statistics that I'm, I'm sure you guys have studied as well, is that, you know, used to say, oh, well, kids go away to college, you know, we lose them at college. Now we're finding out we're really losing them at the junior high level. And not so much that they're stopping coming to church or that they're denying the faith, but in the sense that they don't know why they believe, as we just said. So by continuing just to give them the stories of Scripture, we're not really giving them enough. They need to know the whys. But I think the reason the church has is, is really lost this generation is that we, by and large, have bought into this deception that the purpose of church is simply to get as many people into the building as we possibly can. And we have to do every kind of dog and pony show that that we can do, every kind of lights and fogs and bands and all this stuff just to get them in and to entertain them and to keep them entertained, or they won't come back. And so we've kind of bought into that. When Jesus said, go make disciples, Paul said, equip the saints you know, preach the word, do the work of an evangelist. And as you read your Bible, you know, as, as our professor at Dallas Seminary used to always tell us, Dr. Howard Hendricks used to say, I, can, I can't can give you one verse in the Bible that tells a non-Christian to come to church, but I can give you a lot of verses that tell Christians to go out into the world. And so I think part of the, the, the kind of the hit and miss that we've had in, the, in this generation in the church is that we've bought into this consumer culture. We're here to sort of please people. We have ministries, we have programs, we have events, but the real question is, what are we producing on the other end? And what Bible prophecy does in that is that it gives Christians a right now relevant word from God because we are in this end times existence right now. It says, guys, look, look around you. This is what's happening. This is what the Bible says. The Scripture's real. It's true. Now go tell the world.
1: Well, I think you've hit it exactly right, that so much of the church has gone off mission, in a sense, the way you've described it. And, and many of the people who listen to our program uh, comment along those lines. It will talk about that my church never talks about prophecy. What should I do? When Bible prophecy is one of those areas that makes very clear what our role is, not just in the future and where we'll spend eternity, but how we're to live right now. So when we come back, we want to take that next step of not just saying this is what the Bible says about Bible prophecy, but how this applies to the everyday person's calling when we're trying to take the scripture, when we're looking at the end times, and see what it means for how we live our lives today. So stick with us. We'll be right back with more on A View from the Wall.
0: Wars. Rumors of wars. Pestilence. Disasters. Violence. Immorality. And political corruption.
2: Is there any hope? The answer is yes. But how can you know? Plan now to attend the Hope for Our Times Conference June 28th through the 30th in Indian Wells with over 15 world-class speakers, including Pastor James Cadiz. We're not of those people that are going to be overtaken
0: like a thief. Jan Markell. Things
3: are all falling in place, and that's the
0: good news. Dr. David Reagan. God has used this nation, our wealth, and our ingenuity to put the gospel out all over the world. And Pastor Jack Hibbs. When you get together
3: with the Lord in these last days, expect Him to speak to you.
2: Reserve your spot for this powerful conference, the Hope for Our Times Conference, June 28th through the 30th in Indian Wells. Log on to HopeForOurTimes.com. A limited number of rooms at the Hyatt Regency have been reserved at a special rate, so log on today at HopeForOurTimes.com.
0: HopeForOurTimes.com.
1: Hello, this is Dylan. We're back on A View from the Wall here with Joe Kerr. and We've been talking with Jeff Kinley, who's the author of the book Uncovering the Secrets of Bible Prophecy. We've had such a great conversation already. And in this last segment, I want to take us that next step where we talk about how all of this information applies to our lives. As watchmen, people who are called to look at the signs of the times and be discerning and help people to live according to the Word of God, we have to maintain this balance of knowing what the enemy is up to, But still focusing on the answer the christ of prophecy so that in the spiritual battle that we're not so consumed by the strategy of the enemy that we forget about the christ that we serve so as we come to this section we want to talk about this with you jeff and ask you how can we maintain that balance of focusing on christ and that positive message of the gospel in these last days
2: Well, for a Christian, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I was on Fox and Friends one morning. They asked me that very question. They said, How do we maintain this balance? How do we have hope in this thing? And this is what I tell Christians everywhere. I said, Look, we are anchored to Jesus Christ. You know, you are moored to him, you are tied in him, your identity is in him. You have nothing but hope ahead of you. Now, the times may get rough, the clouds may form around us, you know, we may. Begin to experience a lot more persecution in our country, but if you remain anchored to the Scripture in an age where there is newspaper exegesis going on and people are speculating and sensationalizing everything about Bible prophecy, you just stick to your Bible. I know that sounds basic; it sounds simple, but guys, I'm telling you, we have to be rooted and grounded in the Scripture because more and more truth is becoming relative. Uh, people are living by their their opinions, by their emotions. Uh, they're going with the flow, the ebb of flow and culture and what's what's in the wind that particular day. And even churches are succumbing to this and therefore individual Christians as well. So I would just say that we need to marry the scripture and have the scripture marinate in our hearts on a daily basis and let God's word form our thoughts. And as Romans 12, 2 says, it transforms our minds and we find ourselves being able to basically see through Uh, some of the fog that's out there in the world today, and every single Christian can have this. This is not just for speakers and authors and pastors. This is for every single Christian, and so that's one of the things that, that I have as my personal mission is to help believers achieve that in their own lives, and I hope this book will do that for them.
3: That's definitely going to happen, and we are strong proponents of watchmen being as informed as possible. They face an onslaught of the enemy, apostasy, as you mentioned, a a completely anti-Christian and post-Christian society, division and dissension in the body of Christ and more. Uh, You address that battle so well in the chapter you titled The Barnabas principle of prophecy, what is that? And and how can watchmen, people who are watching, witnessing, and trying to finish well, how can they apply that to their everyday warning and witness?
2: Absolutely. And this is one of sort of the forgotten verses Paul tells, or excuse me, Hebrews, uh, to readers to uh, encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Well, what is the, what's the day of Christ's return? And this verse presupposes that we can see the day approaching. Now, not the the actual date, but we can see the day, the times, and the seasons. And I think we're in those seasons right now. I think we're seeing the day approaching. And what the author says is, hey, you dial up the encouragement level in the church. I mean, you you, you guys are fellowshipping. No, no, dial up the fellowship. Turn it up to 11. Turn up the love to 11. Turn the truth up to 11. We need to be more fervent in our love for one another more passionate, and our fellowship, and our encouraging, and building up one another, and just let let that keep ramping up as we continue to get closer uh, to the day when Christ comes back for us, you know, and because life is hard. I mean, it's hard to be a Christian today. The devil is real. Uh, The times are prophetic that we're living in, and Christ is returning, and yet we have this comfort, uh, as Paul tells the the Thessalonian believer in in 1 Thess 4.18, comfort one another with these words, you know, I, I think back on the time when I was a young teenager, 13 years old, I, I broke my wrist and, and my brother rushed me to the hospital. I just remember being scared and in pain and the doctors in there shoving needles into my arm and trying to set my arm. And the whole time I was there, my brother just kept saying to me, Jeff, hold on, dad's on his way, hold on, dad's on his way. And you know, when my dad popped into that emergency room and I saw my dad's face, all of a sudden the sweat broke, my heart began to to stop palpitating. I relax. You know why? Because my father was there with me. And God promises to be with his people throughout hard times. And, and these prophetic truths are one of the ways that he accompanies us as we walk through life. And so we should be encouraging one another with that. You can make this. I'm with you. And that's what the church needs today, not to be individuals, but to be a part of a family, of a kingdom, uh, of children that God has called us to. And we just need to be building each other up.
1: That is great. And we just have a couple of minutes left, but we would like to ask each of our guests to address the Watchmen community directly and offer a word of challenge and encouragement. And I hope as people read your book, Uncover the Secrets of Bible Prophecy, that they'll, they'll take away some of these encouragements for themselves. Like give us kind of a final word here for our listeners today to lead them in this charge of living faithfully according to the principles of God's Word today
2: i would say a couple of things. I mean, I know that your readers are are fans of Bible prophecy, and I know they have a heart and a burden for the rest of the church to really come on board and to know more. But I'll just say a couple of things. Number one, simply wake up, Uh, to open our eyes, to wake up as Jesus uh, told the church in Revelation 3-2. I want you to get awake so that you can see what's happening The second thing is continue to seek the scriptures, continue to get into the Word of God. It's never going to get old, and you're never going to learn it all. So I'm still (laughs) learning after 40 years of doing this. Uh, The third thing is to prepare and purify yourself for the coming bridegroom. You know, we are the bride of Christ, and uh, we are currently getting ourselves ready for that day when we'll be presented to Him. And you know, in my course of of doing ministry over 30-something years, I've probably performed about 80 weddings I've never had a bride not be prepared for the wedding. I mean, she spent months and months and months. The guy showed up with a pulse. You know, that's all he did, you know. (laughs) But the girl, she was ready. And, and, you know, all these preparations. Well, we ought to be doing the same thing, preparing ourselves for the day that we've dreamed of all our lives when we will face-to-face meet our bridegroom and be caught up to glory with him or, or through death. And so that's what we need to be doing, preparing ourselves, purifying ourselves, because Christ is returning.
3: That's a great perspective on it. You wrote a book about the bride as well. We'll have to have you come back and talk about that because preparing the bride is certainly one of the main focal points of what we should be doing in these last days.
2: Amen. Love to do that.
1: Well, we appreciate you again, Jeff, for being with us here on A View from the Wall. And you can find out more about Jeff's ministry at jeffkinley.com. That's K-I-N-L-E-Y jeffkinley.com and get more information about Secrets of Bible Prophecy, Ten Keys to Unlocking End Times Mysteries that's available now. I'd love for you to pick up a copy and be encouraged by just as we have been preparing for today's interview as well as during our time together today. And again, we want to encourage you to check out Iamawatchman.com and subscribe to our email for all the latest information. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube or our podcast on SoundCloud. We look forward to joining with you next time on A View From The Wall.
0: A View From The Wall in association with I Am A Watchman Ministries exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip Watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit Iamawatchman.com. A view from the wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am a Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at Iamawatchman.com and click on the donate button. Thanks for listening and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.